Well, I've always been drawn to sacred spaces. Wherever I was, if there was any kind of sacred space created, labyrinths are pretty common. I got excited. This is Meryl Tomlinson Currency, and we're standing in the Zion churchyard at the edge of our labyrinth. West of the church, the labyrinth is a path of grass marked out by stones sunk into the ground. Entering on the side closest to the church, you just follow a slow, circuitous route to the center of the circle. And then you come out, following the same way. There's only one way to go. No choices, no chance of getting lost or going wrong. I tend to be busy with projects or whatever, um, so it slows me down. Every time I've walked it, I always think of something where I'm not clear. I just don't have enough clarity on the whatever it is that I'm worried about, thinking about. So I present that and just walk. And when I get to the center, the problem's clearer. And by the time I'm out, there's a solution. And it's magical, or it's holy. It's one of the ways God shows up for me. Welcome back to Thin Places, a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens. I'm Mother Lindsay Lunham, the rector of Zion. And I'm Carl Adair, a seminarian and intern at Zion. Thin Places is a way for us to share how and where God feels close in this time of COVID-19. The places where we're more aware that God is always walking alongside us. The places where we feel the breath of the Holy Spirit at our back. In this episode, we invite you to walk the labyrinth in the Zion Churchyard. Labyrinths have been symbols of the spiritual life for over 4,000 years. The earliest known Christian labyrinth is in Algeria and dates to the 4th century. But it was in medieval Christianity that the practice of walking the labyrinth really took root. In those days, many Christians embarked on pilgrimages to Jerusalem or to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Scholars believe that labyrinths became popular when pandemic and political instability meant that people had to stay home. That sounds familiar. <laughs> yes. So labyrinths were carved into the floors of great cathedrals. Even though a pilgrim never traveled beyond the circle, they could still tap into the interior dimension of the spiritual journey. The labyrinth at Zion has been a place for lots of folks in Douglaston to take up that interior journey in these times. And that's thanks in large part to Merrill's prayer and planning. I was driving by a, a church in Forest Hills that had one in brick. So I just started talking to Mother Lindsay about it and it just, it all came together piece by piece. Well, eventually. But like so much in our spiritual lives, there was a long time when it seemed like there was no progress at all. Merrill developed this dream over seven years, with plenty of frustrations and setbacks along the way. She and the confirmation class she leads built a few temporary labyrinths in the churchyard, but the vision of a permanent one persisted. And then, last summer, 
everything suddenly fell into place. Meryl had been talking with a company that sold labyrinth kits to congregations, pursuing her vision of a big mosaic of brick. Mother Lindsay, who's sensible, said, that's a big project. Maybe it would be good to get the Boy Scouts. Some scouts had recently helped us build a more contemplative space around the Matinecock burial site on the other side of the church. We hope to return to that thin place in a future episode. And I thought, oh, good idea. And I kind of talked to the head of the troop, and it was iffy. And then all of a sudden this letter arrived at Mother Lindsay's desk that day from Alex, Alexander. So we decided that was definitely prophetic. (laughs) Meant to be. Alexander Hom is a scout in that troop. And he had written to me looking for leads for an Eagle Scout project. And he got excited when he heard about the idea of a labyrinth. And Alexander did an amazing job. It really was a huge project. He pulled together help from his scout troop and his family. And Zion's confirmation class and Merrill pulled in help from their friends and family And plenty of Zion folks showed up to help dig trenches and set the stone. Help from all over the place. And the more it came together, it was just like, this is amazing. I can't believe this. The labyrinth wasn't all brick, like Meryl had imagined. It's a humble path in the grass. And it didn't get built on her preferred timetable. But it was always bigger than I thought it was going to be. I don't know. It, it really evolved, and it was kind of cool that it, it had a life of its own, separate from me, separate from Mother Lindsay. It was like it was meant to be. We asked Meryl how her experience of walking the labyrinth has changed during the pandemic. And she said that she still brings questions that she offers to God as she slowly winds her way to the center. Usually I get the message that we're all getting from the pandemic. Slow down, give it time. It's not gonna happen so fast, whatever it is. And we asked her if she had any advice or suggestions for someone walking a labyrinth for the very first time. Uh, Find the beginning, (laughs) which we really should mark. Because once you start, you just start and then not to have any preconceived notions. It's something to experience, and when you look at it, you say, yeah, so I'm gonna walk in a circle, so? But you don't walk in a circle, and it it just gives you a chance to stay in your imagination and be open to something other than taking a walk. For me, personally, I find that very freeing. Once I step into the path between the stones, I can let myself sink into the walk as a prayer. I can just pay attention to what gets stirred up in me as I follow the twists and turns, trusting that I will be led to the center. I told Meryl that when I walk the labyrinth, I sometimes get uncomfortable or impatient. I don't know where I am or how far I am from the center. That's the point, right? It's disorienting. But it's not a maze, and that's important. This is nothing for you to figure out where you're going. It's a path, and you just need to follow it. 
That's one reason why walking the labyrinth is good discipline in patience and prayer. The long, winding path seems so illogical. That can remind us that feeling disoriented is an inevitable part of the spiritual journey. The labyrinth reminds us that even when we feel lost, God hasn't lost touch with us. The labyrinth at Zion is open to anyone and everyone, anytime. We hope you'll come and explore. Maybe you're ready to just start walking, like Meryl suggests, to let go of any preconceived notions and just walk it, to pay attention to your breath and stay open to what gets stirred up in you. Or maybe you're looking for a little more guidance about how to approach this ancient spiritual practice. In that case, you might think of your walk as having three parts, letting go, letting in, and bringing back. As you move towards the center, focus on letting go of a fear or anxiety, of some anger or resentment you carry with you. This can prepare you to let in something new, an insight, another feeling you've shunted aside, a memory, a moment of clarity or communion. Then, as you make your return, Prepare to bring back what you've found into your daily life, to take some action, to seek healing for yourself or a relationship, or simply to take the contemplative calm of the labyrinth with you into the rest of your day. Others find it more useful to think about the labyrinth as an outward symbol of an interior journey. Perhaps you're in the midst of a life transition. Maybe you're discerning how to make a change in your life or your relationships. Maybe you're seeking forgiveness or to forgive. Maybe you're just trying to make it through the uncertainty of 2020. Walking the labyrinth might help you see your interior journey in a new way and to see God as present with you on that journey through all its twists and turns and disappointments and surprises. Remember, there's no wrong way to walk the labyrinth. Trust it. And trust that God is walking beside you, showing you the way. This would be a good place to push pause and go to our labyrinth. But if you can't right now, take a moment to ground yourself wherever your feet are, trusting that God is with you. If it is comfortable for you, you may want to remove your shoes. Plant both of your feet firmly on the ground and take a deep, cleansing breath. Invite God on this walk or to this moment, saying, Be with me. Help me sense your presence. Then begin your walk, trusting God is with you. And pray with me to the one who is the road on which we travel, our companion along the way, and our journey's end. We step forward into your blessing with boldness and confidence through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. May that prayer guide our feet as we walk the path that God has set before us today whether that's on the labyrinth of Zion or to your mailbox or around the block or around your living room. 
You can subscribe to Thin Places wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can like our Facebook page and listen right in your feed. Just search for Zion Episcopal Douglaston. New episodes come out every Wednesday. And tell your friends and neighbors about it. The whole point of this podcast experiment is to help us connect in new ways with the sacred and with our community. Maybe you or someone you know have a thin place you want to share. Reach out via Facebook or write us at zionchurch11363 at aol.com. Yes, this email address is probably older than the first labyrinth. (laughs) Our music was composed by Nick Marcello, and we got production help from DJ Kashmir and Meg Kramer. This project was generously supported by a grant from the Episcopal Evangelism Society. And of course, this week, big props to Meryl Tomlinson Carinci and Alexander Hom for making the labyrinth a reality and to Meryl for sharing her passion for walking the labyrinth as a spiritual practice, as a path into a thin place. Until next week, keep your eyes and ears and heart open for the unexpected ways that God is speaking into your life and working to heal this world. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Stay safe, everybody.